A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Owen McDevitt, you a cold piece of work. Hey there, everyone. Yes, this is Owen McDevitt. And your ball head. And I'm back with your free-to-air Second Captain's Monday shows alongside Ken and my loyal number two, Murph. What does it look like? A turtle, is it? You'll be hearing ads in today's podcast and in every Monday show from now on. And that's because we have joined the Acast Creator Network. But remember, if you become a Second Captain's member for just five euro a month, you'll get commercial-free shows daily, including ad-free Monday pods. So say the catch phrase, Murph. Do you have the stones to join us today at secondcaptains.com? I the stones. <laughs> Perfect. Now, on with the show. Welcome to heaven. Which phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. That's... Yeah... <laughs> They have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I have to walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. But you don't know what you're talking about. What did you want? I'd like to stay alive for six days. I'd say it to your face, not say it to oh, you now. Come down to Anfield and we'll see them, won't we? What are you doing down here, you shawnee man? <laughs> I'm a little bit late to this, but bloody hell, the Republic of Ireland scored some good goals in their Nations League matches, didn't they? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was on holidays and the campsites of France weren't abuzz with the brilliance of Michael Abofeme or Troy Parrott or Nathan Collins. So I'm only catching up now. You're welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Football Podcast. Hi, Murph, I can. Hey, Owen. Owen, how are you doing? You'll have to help me catch up on all this. Is there any debate about which goal was the best? Is everyone saying Nathan Collins? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Owen. What? <laughs> Is there any debate? Well, I suppose we... Did we talk about this? Murph? Yes, Yes, we came up with a definitive top three. Well, well what was your what was your top three on? Of the three, no, what was your your one, two, three order oh, from from those three from the three amazing goals scored? Yeah, yeah. uh, I'm going to go number three, Troy yeah. Parrott versus Scotland. Right. Number two, Nathan yeah. Collins versus Ukraine. Oh my god! Number god. one, unbelievable. Michael Abufemi's yeah. wonder strike. He just gets I it honestly, all wrong, doesn't he? Yeah, I honestly <laughs> thought there was no way he could get this wrong, and yet he really has. Get this like, wrong. Interesting way. Interesting way of, fr- interesting way of framing a subjective debate. Get everything. This wrong. Everything no is in the wrong. Everything is in the wrong yeah, place. It's there, just completely you've up in a hip. You've got number one in in second place. You've got number two in third place, and you've got number three. We won the match. We should have drawn. We drew the match. We should have lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But look, at, you know, I mean, we we could really get against Obafemi's wonder strike. I mean, it wasn't just his strike. It was Can, it was the two crunching wonder, tackles in the build-up. Wonder oh, goals. So we're beautiful. talking about three wonder goals. So you've got to cancel the can't draw a line through the word wonder, <laughs> yeah. and then it's just. Um, and weighing up which goal. Yeah. Uh, there was more to it. There was just a bit wonderful. more to the, There was a bit more to the Obafemi. Mean, there, there were more players involved. There were two crunching tackles. Oh, three crunching tackles. Huh? The, to finish couple itself. Of fouls, couple three of in the build fouls. Well, uh, one by <laughs> Ireland and two by Scotland. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, no, it was. I mean, that was good. I did, I did enjoy that as well. I thought that was... That was great stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, back to current matters. Well, actually, I do have to ask one more in the Ireland. I know you've talked a lot in, over the last couple of weeks. Why is it, though, that I arrived back after all these amazing goals, the likes of which we've never seen before in such quick yeah. succession? Goals like you've never seen before. before. Goals yeah. like you've never seen before. I opened the Sunday Times and I'm greeted by a story by Paul Rowan on the front page of the sports section. Uh, I've got it in front of me. FAI chair hits back at Kenny Smear stories. The FAI chairman, Roy Bart, has expressed his dismay at reports that Ireland manager Stephen Kenny was in danger of losing his job following the defeats earlier this month by Armenia and Ukraine. I hadn't, re- hadn't realised that was on the cards. Um, well, Barrett is saying it wasn't on the cards, I suppose, that's, is, is the point. Well, it, it, it appeared, media reports to this effect did appear, Owen, um, at the, uh, to the, around the time of Ireland's, well, when we lost the two matches, I suppose. Uh, in the build-up to the Scotland game, that uh, that the FA, FAI board were already um, uh, waiting to pull the trigger. Uh, and I, I don't know, press the button on Stephen Kenny's ejector seat. Um, that uh, that the contract is for, uh, however, I mean, Stephen Kenny's salary is, has been reported around 550,000 euros, I think. But the suggestion was that, that in fact, um, to, uh, to terminate that contract early would not, uh, as is tradition in football, involve paying up all of the money remaining mm. in the contract, but that there was, in fact, uh, there had, in fact, been clauses inserted such that if uh, the association felt an early termination was the way to go, it wouldn't cost them an arm and a leg. So, uh, and that and that already there were some members of the board who were, um, you know, who, who were feeling this way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if uh, I think it would be a I think it would be a brave move by those members of the board because it would just be a, a completely mad thing to do at this point. Mm. I mean, okay, uh, if there the, been... the problem, sorry, the, the problem here, but the, you know, in terms of trying to bring this up to date, is that the, according to this story, so it says one or two board members turned against Kenny, but Barrett believes they couldn't have spoken for the whole board as there hadn't been a meeting. He's let the twelve FA board members know of his anger about the situation, which portrays the association as a hornet's nest in inverted yeah. commas and is off-putting for sponsors I'm not sure who the inverted commas comes from with regards to the, the hornet's nest but is, is off-putting for sponsors with the FAI still looking to secure a headline sponsor this isn't the kind of the kind of story that um, how are they the want FAI to still looking to secure a sponsor it's actually it's, it's actually incredible like what's going on I mean, well, I, I, every time I look, uh, I mean, uh, do we not have like do, do we not have a year recently where we had 26% economic growth I mean, is that, not, is that not something which officially happened? You're telling me that a country, a country which reports itself to have 26% economic growth can't get a sponsor for its national team? That just just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you could say that 26% economic growth doesn't make any sense either. There is something to that. Uh, but I still, <laughs> I still feel that as though this is a failure, not only by the FAI, but by 
you know, the whole Couldn't sort of one of our land, you know, our vulture landlords or something sponsored the FEI. Seriously, yeah, one, one yeah, of those, like, those massive those companies spending called. Spending those money on, like, come on, like, Jesus. I mean, they've gotten a really bad rap over this the last This is how to win years. the hearts and minds of the hearts Irish people. Yeah, there's there's saying, real, if, if they get been on, a real uh, smear you know, campaign against these, uh, you know, vulture landlords, yeah. uh, you know, everyone having a, even like, even our nation's president, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, having a pop can you believe the arrogance? Can you believe the arrogance of the president making a speech about things that are going on in the country? Ah, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> Who does this it guy is, think he is? Disgraceful. It's absolutely <laughs> disgraceful. No one was even talking about this until he started rabbiting on about it. Like, it's you know, it's there was a story. Did you see like the reaction story? Like ministers are incensed at Michael. Uh, what's his name again? Michael D. Higgins? <laughs> Michael, I was about to call him Michael McDermott. Michael McDermott is someone else. Yeah, okay. uh, They're going to go fuck off Michael McDowell. Michael, D, uh, Michael yeah. D. Higgins. Um, He's the next president. Of- saying <laughs> that we have a housing crisis that we should really do something about. I was like, oh, you know, I was, was just, I, was, I, was, I could not believe that the arrogance of these um, un, uh, you know, unattributed uh, statements, or rather attributed to minister, unnamed ministers. Mm. You're like, well, I mean, you know, this is this is kind of gonna this this might happen. <laughs> you might mm. someone might actually say something about the bad thing that's that's going on. Yeah, um, I mean, wouldn't it wouldn't it just fill your heart with pride to see Ireland sponsored by like you know Omni or Omni House or something? You know, <laughs> you know me- MegaHouse dot com. Well, you know, you know. I mean, if it's, I mean, maybe look, maybe we would we have to say. Blackhawklandlords.com <laughs> sponsors the Irish. Maybe I think they- I think we can I think we can get a, a more normal sounding sponsor than that. I don't I don't think we've reached the point where we well, where just, we actually I, need to put. Listen, you know, at this stage, it's, like we're that. two years in, Ken. We still don't have a sponsor. Maybe some outside the box thinking along the lines of what I'm doing here is actually what the FEI needs. Yeah. This is what they need to hear. Got an email in here from David McCarthy. I've got a call here that says, you're the most boring, predictable, condescending interviewer around. Go back to lecturing. You have the charisma of a sick bag. Oh, God. That's just it. I just Whoa. mentioned, not you, no me. Okay, ain't nobody f***ing with my click, 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 click. Ain't nobody fresher than my mom. We don't normally click, broadcast all click, the, the stuff that click, comes from scum click, around the country. Click. Subject, Gareth Southgate, scoreboard journalism. I think Ken has entered his scoreboard, uh, his own scoreboard journalism mantra with Southgate. They lost 4-0 to Hungary, he said. Before that, he said, they lost to Croatia and Italy, kindly leaving out the victory against Germany. There is also, there's also a Nations League where France, under a similarly defensive manager who has won a World Cup with them, has faltered. The starting England team that lost to Croatia had Pickford, Deli Ali, Ashley Young, Jesse Lingard and Jordan Henderson starting. All very good players, but probably all lucky to be in a World Cup semi-final. I understand the problems in Irish football at all levels, but I'm wondering if Ken has fallen into scoreboard journalism. I agree, Southgate can be uber conservative and should have probably won the Euros. But at what stage do you say Ireland can't lose at home to Luxembourg or lose away to Armenia? On top of all that, the Irish draw with Serbia at home comes to mind. Ken seems to use the XG when it suits him in losses and forgets it when Ireland get a result. That said, I still back... This seemed to start to be... Uh, this seemed to start about Gareth Southgate and now is more about Stephen Kenny. I see a slight paradox in Ken's views despite backing Stephen Kenny. So how do you plead to these charges, Ken? Um, well, I mean, if it's about Southgate, like, you know... I mean... The, I mean, where where do I start? Well, didn't they like, didn't they draw with Germany as opposed to win? No, they beat Germany two nil. Ah, my apologies. Uh, if you're talking about the Nations League, they drew. They ah, drew. That's what I was I thinking. Of. I think the guys talking about Euro, yeah, Euro yeah, yeah. twenty twenty that happened in twenty twenty one, in which England beat Germany. But Germany were quite poor. You know, it wasn't a good German side. You know, Joachim Love has since been replaced. 
uh, I don't think Germany are going through a great um, spell at the moment just in terms of the um, players available to them in their squad, unlike England, which is sort of the point about Southgate. Um, I mean, England have had this very successful, I mean, successful in terms of more successful than usual by getting to the World Cup semi-final and getting to the final of the Euros when usually they get knocked out in an earlier stage. Not successful, you know, in terms of actually winning these tournaments. Um, but I think he's kind of, I mean, I look around Europe and I can't see country that has more good players than England. You know, England have have uh, lost the final of the Euros last year at home against Italy, who didn't qualify for the World Cup. You know what I mean? Now, I know that they had Chiesa against England and they missed Chiesa for a lot of the World Cup uh, qualifying tournament. But, like, they don't have anything like the... Like, Roberto Mancini does not have anything like the resources that are available to, to Gareth Southgate, which, you know, have been... His rank, the ranks have been swollen, of course, by... Um, uh, by players who in the past wouldn't have been available to him. Oh, they wouldn't have been available to him. And yet, he still can't get the job done. Now, I'm just saying, I, do, I just don't think... Well, uh, he, can get the, he can get the job done of getting nearly done. the other England manager nearly that's done, gotten yeah. England for you know, yeah, 40, nearly, 50 years. Nearly. But, you know, I, I, don't, I, I mean, I think, you know, when, to, to be serious about this, when you actually look at what happened in those matches, the Croatia and, uh, and Italy matches, I just think it's, they're the worst, there's almost the, the sort of, the, the the worst piece of evidence against Gareth Southgate. That is selective, though. You're picking the, obviously the two matches that they were knocked out in, as opposed to, for example, that performance against Germany, which was a very creditable performance. Well, it's I mean, is it selective? You know, I mean, like it's a, they, you know, they, they, I could I could mention the game against Colombia when they got when they got kind of outplayed and and won a penalty shootout. You know, I mean, I could mention their their jammy draws that they've got. You know, I could mention the fact that they were drawn at home, basically, to play pretty much all of Euro 2021 at home, apart from one uh, game away to Ukraine um, in Rome. Uh, well, it wasn't away to Ukraine. They have played that, Germany at neutral, home in major tournaments before venue. and haven't gotten through. Well, I mean, it was a, a not. they didn't have the players that they have now, and Germany maybe had better players than, than they currently have. I mean, the point is that they're, they should have won one of these tournaments. They haven't done it. At some point, you've got to go, well, you know, are we? why, why do we not win? You know, I don't think it's to do with the... Um, I don't think it's to do... Usually the answer is, well, we're not good enough. But that's not the answer anymore. So that's why I think there's there, there are some questions about that. I mean, you can't you can't compare, really, the, the situation that Gareth Southgate and Stephen Kenny are in. I mean, one of them has got, like, more good... I mean, it's, it's not it's not to say that having more good players than you know what to do with is an easy situation. I mean, the more good players you have, the greater the scope uh, there is for you to pick the wrong team. I mean, maybe this is something that we're going to see for, with Stephen Kenny... Uh, in you know, in the coming times, let's hope you know when you've got like lots of options, you can't put them all in, which means that the ones you leave out, a lot of people are going to think, well, they're the options that should be on the field. I mean, that's definitely a situation that Southgate has had to deal with, particularly with Jack Grealish. But again, I'm kind of scratching my head, going, why don't you use this guy? And what does this guy have to do to to get a start? Well, have a better season for Manchester City. Well, you know, I mean, that's up to that's up to Pep Guardiola. Has Jack Grealish thought of taking up a different sport, you know? Because, like, he can't get a game playing football. It is. Well, you he know, can't. It's, it's he not, he like, finds it's it just, difficult to get in the, to, the, to get the, the day, starting yeah, team for whoever about, he's playing for. It's about playing It's about playing the sport that you love, you know? And if you can't play the sport that you love, find another sport that you love. I mean, mm. I saw him trying to play basketball there recently. That I mean, we can probably rule basketball out. But, I mean, you know, there's got to be a sport there for Jack Grealish that he can play and enjoy and just relax, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, football isn't doing it for him anymore. Let's well, let's be quite frank. Well, I mean, it's just see, not happening for him. 
did you see Southgate after these Nations League matches? And he was, you know, they lost 4-0 to Hungary. And he, and he was saying stuff like, well, that just shows you the danger of opening up. And, you know, because people are always saying, well, Southgate, you know, why do you pick all our most boring players and set them out in the most boring, you know, five defenders, two defensive midfielders? What, you know, what, what, why are you doing this? There's no need to be this boring. You know, like uh, it's possible to to play the game in a in a in a more positive way than this. And Southgate was using this four nil uh, defeat as evidence for well, you know, you see why I do it the way I do it. You know what I mean? And I just kind of think, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. We've had we've had a few goes, had a few goes, and even when you're one nil up uh, in in a game against a team that doesn't have the same kind of talent that you have, uh, apparently, it's still not going to work out. So. Yeah, like I mean, I, I don't know where I don't know where we all are with all that. I didn't I didn't necessarily expect to be talking about cards like it's such a great link today, Owen. But you know, you asked. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety six percent replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One final story today. Don't forget, we'll have more football coverage throughout the week and throughout the summer on the Second Captains World Service. Sign up now on secondcaptains.com. But the final story today involves Richard Arnold, Ken, now the Manchester United CEO, and a meeting he had with some Manchester United supporters. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you you may have watched some of the videos of Richard Arnold talking to Man United fans in the pub. Uh, these were... Uh, a fan, these are from a fan group called the 1958, uh, who apparently had had headed over to around where Richard Arnold's house is, and had uh, contacted him to say, you know, we're we're here to do protests, and he said, well, why don't you wait at the pub and I'll I'll be down to you, and then he comes down to the pub, buys a couple of beers for the lads, and talks to them about where Man United are at, and his. <clears throat> sort of surreptitiously recorded and the videos of some of what he's saying um, go online. Now, I have to say, uh, although although Richard Arnold apparently, you know, asked them not to do this, I can't imagine that he was too surprised that they did it. Yeah, because there seems to be that, the, you know, what the stories are, that, that he's unhappy that these have come out. He specifically asked them not to and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, but like, I'm sure he... In the is, back of his mind somewhere, he would somewhere, have been insane not yeah, to assume yeah. that this is what was going to happen. So I, I kind of, I regard this as... An on-the-record interview. Yeah, almost like... It's, just, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like an on-the-record. He, 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 certainly when I was reading the quotes, I was thinking, he's not putting... He's not really putting a foot too far wrong here no, in, no, no, in what he's saying a, to these fans. He's not really not, getting himself in hot water or the club. An on-the-record interview with a couple of swear words thrown in to sort of discuss, <laughs> you know, to make it sound more natural, you know? But, but uh, I mean, what does he say? Like, he... 
he doesn't say, he's trying to soothe the fans, you know? I mean, and he does so by um, sort of saying, well, you know, we've spent, basically we've spent loads of money and, you know, we have, it's not, it's not for lack of spending that we have failed. You know, it's just we haven't made our our spending count. You know, so he's saying these. It's not. It's not that we've we've closed off the taps. You know, the taps have been. Yeah, you know, we've been we've been blasting out the cash, and we just haven't uh, hasn't worked for us. Um, he he did defend the owners though as well. You know, he 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 gave the they're rock hard. I think was his was his description of them. Um, they don't care. Yeah, I understand that. Says one of the fans. He goes, no, no, not in the sense of not caring. They're just you know they don't care what people think. Sort of thing. You know, it was like they're. Uh, they're not. They will. They the. They're not returning. You know. They. They're not gonna. They're not weak and spineless in the manner of some owners. Um, and he talked a bit about Frankie de Jong. I mean, what he was saying was, you know, do you want me? One of the interesting thing he said was, uh, do you want me buying the players? You know, doesn't that ring a bell? As though he was. It sounded like he was the bell that the bell we're talking about there is the Ed Woodward bell. Um, Ed Woodward is of course his mate uh, who and his predecessor in the job, but essentially saying, you know, look, I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah. It's, we've got specialists in these various areas whose responsibility it is to get th- things done. My, my job is to make sure that they've got the resources they need to do the job. And so as far as he's concerned, yeah, the money's there. It just depends on whether or not they think it's worth spending the money. And obviously the, the interesting uh, thing that's happening in United at the moment in terms of their uh, transfers is whether they're going to get Frankie de Jong from Barcelona, which, you know, we, myself and Karen were talking about this last week, and I think it would be a great signing for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've spoken to a few of my friends about this, and a lot of them are kind of, ah, don't think he's that good. And I think, I think he's really good, you know? I mean, he's not like a... Uh, is he good enough to be good at Man United, though? Which is a whole other level of... People good. thought Donny van der Beek was pretty good. I don't know. I'm just throwing uh, in another Dutch player who who didn't work out. But yeah, but he's not like Donny Van de Beek. Like Donny Van de Beek is a guy who who's whose main thing was intelligent movement off the ball, right? And I, oh, here I am. I'm Donny Van de Beek. Oh, once again, I've turned up at the end of a move and I've scored a goal. Um, uh, you know, that's that's sort of what he's doing. Or like other than that, sort of playing one touch. Whereas De Jong is. I think Jong is a completely different. I mean, he is a completely different type of player from Van de Beek, but I think he's got a much wider range of abilities. He can beat people with the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, he can run past. He can run past guys, and he does. He does so in weird areas of the pitch, like um, all throughout the sort of all, all through the middle of the pitch. Like he beats players with the dribble, uh, plays perfectly timed passes that improve. You know, everyone else's chances of doing something when the ball arrives with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just like. And the fact that they they seem to have like no one else seems to be in from and that I, I wonder what's going on there. I can't understand this. Why are Manchester City talking about spending the same amount of money on Calvin Phillips that Man United might be about to get Frankie De Jong from Barcelona for? That doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm scratching my head thinking, are Man City do Man City notice what's happening here? Like is that a you know I I think. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm not saying that they're the same player. Clearly, Calvin Phillips and Frankie De Jong are, are quite different players. Like, De Jong, is, De Jong is trying to do a lot more every time that he gets the ball than, than Phillips, who's, who's maybe a more defensively oriented player. Although De Jong is, is basically, he's your, he's your base midfielder, you know what I mean? He's that guy, as he says himself, I want to get the ball off the centre-backs. You know, he is that player in the team. But he's not like, um, 
you know, maybe Calvin Phillips is a bit more physically strong. I mean, the, the Man City already have a player in Rodri who's kind of doing that sort of role, and also he doesn't really do what De Jong does because I have maybe maybe that's maybe that's the issue. Maybe Guardiola thinks this guy actually is too individualistic. Mm. Um, maybe he, you know, he gets the ball and he wants to do too much. Whereas when you think of Rodri, what do you think? Like, I mean, he's just he's just a guy who does like ninety. 99% of the things that 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 happen involving him in the pitch he does correctly you know what i mean it's just so smooth it's so quick everything is good and he scores a few goals as well but it's not like he's he's you know doing what de jong did for for holland against wales in the nations league last week you know this sort of run through the center of the pitch and setting up this last minute goal you don't see that a lot from rodri so it could be that guardiola just doesn't have a have a space for that type of player although i thought they were linked with him before you know what i mean and what 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 strikes me about this is you've got a really top player going for for fee, which seems to be a real bargain for him. You know, if you're going to get him, it's a bargain. And from my point of view, Man United should not be haggling over this. I don't think they can afford to take the risk, actually, of haggling and of losing De Jong to someone else who comes in and says, oh, hang on, we'll have, why don't we have him? You know what I mean? Mm. Like he himself, from, from everything he's been saying, seems to want to stay at Barcelona because he's like, well, you know, Evidently, this is the way he dreamed of his career taking taking shape. You know, he wants to be there, and maybe it's it's starting to finally come together at Barcelona a bit. And Busquets can't can't like can't cling on forever. So maybe he you know he wants to stay there, and he and he objects to the idea of like of kind of leaving. At which point, everyone will say, "Well, he didn't really work out." You know, of of leaving without making a really massive impression. I think he made a good impression on a lot of his teammates, but. In terms of the fans, he's he's one of those players. Oh, we had that guy for a while. Yeah, we sold him, whatever you know. And they'll never they'll never respect him again. So maybe he you know he still feels as though he wants to prove something there. But just the the way the finances work at Barcelona, they they just have players in that position um, who you know I think they're going to count on. And of all the players they could sell, this is the most saleable. Who's making the among the biggest wages? I mean, he doesn't make as big wages as Busquets or PK, but no one's going to buy them. You know what I mean? Whereas so. It just made the logic from their point of view points to, okay, let's get rid of him and spend the money somewhere else where we need to spend the money more. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting situation. Should I talk about it more? Or, uh, yeah, that's no, enough, I could that's keep enough, going. For, a, that's no, enough for a Monday podcast. I think. I, I f- and I feel like, you know, the final word on this should be, Frankie, you know, for all the bad press that the Bermuda Triangle's got, I'm sure plenty of planes actually flew through there without any hassle whatsoever. <laughs> so there is a chance that your career could survive going to Manchester United. There has to be a... St- you know, a percentage chance that your career will survive Old Trafford. Well, it can't. Be, it can't. It can't stay like that forever. Can it? I mean, it just yeah, can't. I mean, I mean yeah. you know, obviously, it might still be like that for the next couple of years, which is the risk that you're taking. But yeah. surely, with a manager, he, the, the manager you played with brilliantly before, you know, at least the guy who understands what you can do or what you want to do in the team, and gives you a chance of of maybe being able to to replicate that. And you know. Um, yeah, and I'm sure the salary You'll probably get an insane amount of money for it. So, yeah. you know. You know, let's look on the bright side. I played a football match yesterday myself, partly to work off a couple of weeks' worth of Pano Chocolat's 
partly also to support Jumpers for Goalposts, which is a brilliant nationwide initiative to get lads together to throw down a couple of Jumpers for Goalposts, as the name suggests. Have a game of football, have a chat, have a bit of crack and promote positive mental health. It's a really good um, oh, initiative oh, going on at the moment. Oh, yes, Murph, I know, I know where you're coming from here. I was going to get there. Did you disgrace yourself I or not? I was also there to redeem my reputation after the incident, which I should say, I mean, how am I the one who gets the bad press for the incident a couple of years ago when I brutally hacked a player down with a sort of back flick of my leg while feigning innocence with the arms in the air. It was Richie Sadler who surreptitiously recorded that moment and posted it online. He should be getting... Well, we should be thankful for Richie's vigilance in this area. Otherwise, we'd never know how much of a dirty rat you are. Well, Murph, speaking of that, there were no hard feelings, I should say, down in Ballybrack, although I, I couldn't help myself. With the game in the melting pot, next goal wins. You know, all your worst character traits come to the fore in a situation like that. You'll do anything to win a game where there's like 22 players aside and jumpers for goalposts. So a lad flicks a ball past me around our own goals. I stuck out a hand, Murph. Oh I mean, for the, my God. The most blatant handball since Thierry Henry. Oh uh, my God. Did yeah. you call it on yourself? Well, I, d- I didn't need to. It was that Tried obvious. Tried to get away with it. Even oh. I couldn't deny it. But thankfully, it, it appears that nobody... Richie was there, but he was chatting on the sidelines. So it appears as though the incident itself has not been captured on camera, thankfully. And the goalkeeper, uh, our, the organiser, say Keith Kelly, was there on the pitch and he declared there are no rules. So I didn't even give away a penalty, which was great. Probably helped that Keith was in goals for the team I was defending for. And uh, wow. we all walked away. Reputations so intact. So, so basically, for the second year in a row, your cheating paid off. Is that what you're um, Well, no, it didn't pay off last time. But this time, well, and it didn't really this pay off this time. Did. They still scored the last goal and won the game. So really, no, no. The cheating hasn't paid off either year. Not but yet. I haven't been banned but you'll yet. Keep really, do, you'll keep, keep doing, doing it. keep doing it until it does. Yeah, and that's true. It, it's for <laughs> a dedication to the cause that you just have to admire. You know, true uh, gritted teeth. Thanks for listening to today's Set Gabs podcast. It's been enjoyable. Thanks, Murph. Thanks again. Thank, Thank you, you, Owen. Guramagat. Thank you. We'll talk to you during the week in the World Service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 